I'm Elisa McCabe. I'm the owner at First Steps Financial, and I'd like to welcome you to Life Unedited Working Women. Each week, we meet a new boss woman, and you get to gain new perspectives, stories, and inspiration. If you haven't joined us before, welcome. And thanks to all of you who are returning for another episode. This conversation is recorded as a live webinar. So if you're here with us on Zoom, feel free to put any of your questions or comments in the chat and we'll answer as we go along. And today I am so excited to have our guest, Stephanie Bruno. She is absolutely a rock star. She's a wealth advisor and vice president of Boston 128 Companies. And she has an amazing background that she's leveraged to cultivate personal relationships with her clients. And she's going to tell you more about herself, but I do have to say how I met you. Oh, yes. Please share. <laughs> Our kids happened to me and they were sharing horror stories of their parents. And they both had the same <laughs> horror story. And I was like so excited because my daughter comes home and she goes, I met this boy and his mother makes him read during the summer <laughs> and has like summer school and makes them do stuff. I'm like, oh. Oh my God, I love this woman. I'm like, I have to meet him. I must go to her. <laughs> and there you were in my front yard. <laughs> and then we started talking and it was like, I was like, okay, we are kindred spirits. So welcome to Life Unedited. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about your journey. So you're a wealth advisor and you're second generation for this Second company. generation. Yes. So and I am vice... Go ahead. I would say you didn't start. <laughs> sure didn't. This is everyone's favorite story. So <laughs> I am a second generation wealth strategist for a boutique wealth management firm based in Boston called Boston 128 Companies. I actually live in the Raleigh area of North Carolina. So before I get into the whole story, I live in, like I said, the Raleigh area with my four beautiful children ranging from ages 10 to 15. And I certainly would not have told you that this is what I'd be doing if you asked me, oh, I don't know, 20 years ago when I was headed into the world and out of high school. So my father owns Boston 128 Company. And this has been his profession since before I was born. Periodically, as we were growing up, my older brother and I, he would kind of, and my younger brothers, he would say to us, you know, what do you think about joining the family business? And we were like, no way. Is it a family business if you're the only one in it? I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and all we knew is that he, you know, he did stuff with numbers and math and we were all like, no thanks. Mm -hmm. So Again, he would check in with us periodically over the years. And then here I am heading to business school. I initially started Bentley University and heading off to school. And once again, what do you think about joining the family business? And when I was 17 years old and embarking on the journey of adulthood, I could not think of anything worse than spending <laughs> every day with my dad. And I've made this joke a few times in front of him. And, you know, interestingly, he never finds it funny. Like not one time. And I'm like, I think it's great. <laughs> What 17-year-old wants to work with their dad or mom for that matter? Right. I don't know too many. So, <laughs> And you know what's hilarious is this is coming full circle because I occasionally, especially to my oldest daughter, because my son's already like, I know what I'm doing. My <laughs> oldest daughter, I'm like, Cassidy, you'd be really good at this. What do you think? And she's like, no. And I'm like, sounds familiar. <laughs> so 
I don't know. It takes a minute for the family business thing to settle in, but also my youngest brother, I believe is going to be joining us in the business too. He's currently a junior at Coastal Carolina University. So he's got a few years, but that's the path he's on. So yes, I'm excited about that and we'll see what happens. Wow. So that's that's so crazy that you started out in marketing, correct? I did. Yes. So prior to this, I had a seven-year marketing career at a, a tech company. I loved that. And the other thing that I always mention to people about my journey here is that as much as I loved who I was working with and what I was doing for parts of the time I was there, when you work for a publicly traded 2,500 plus employee company, they pretty much tell you what you do for a living, right? So, you know, I had seven bosses in seven years. I was reorganized like three times. They, I made it through a lot of layoffs. So that's something. Wow. (laughs) And, you know, so there were moments of my job there that I was kind of like, huh, didn't think I'd be doing this. And then there were other moments where I was just, you know, so happy to be doing what I was doing because there's a lot of different areas of marketing. And I will say I've my hands in a few of them over those (laughs) seven years. So by my seventh reorganization, as much as I, like I said, enjoyed the people I was working for, I didn't feel like I had a lot of control over my future, my income or any of it. And I... (laughs) Again, still since 17 or even earlier, my dad was still every once in a while like, hey. And uh, (laughs) finally, I think at, I don't know, early 30s, we'll call it, was like, you know, he might be onto something. (laughs) So in the end, it was actually, despite him having brought it up, it was me going to him and going, okay, how do we pull the trigger on this thing? What's it going to take? Yeah. And again, I kind of followed that path. And now I'm in year three, built a decent client base. Dad is moving toward retirement. So I'll be taking on more and more as that transitions. So I could not be more thrilled for the spot I'm in. Making that jump is the best decision I ever made. I do. I just love it. Yeah. It's so interesting too, because I started out in marketing too. And I did. I worked in marketing and marketing research. And it was just something that I just kept revisiting accounting. It ended up going back to it. And I love it. It's the best thing I've ever done. I'm like, it's the relationships. And I think you and I have talked about this. One thing that we love about what we do is building these amazing relationships with people and being able to help them. That's what I was just going to say to you is, you know, I always thought, oh, marketing is the perfect path for me. I'm a people person and blah, blah, blah. But honestly, in the end, depending on what sort of branch of marketing you're in, really dictates whether or not you're interacting with people mm-hmm. or technology or design. And I found that this type of role that I'm in is far more rewarding. And it definitely is more of a person-to-person relationship building type of role. Like I get to sit down in front of my clients and hear about what their goals are for the future and how can I help to facilitate that. And oh. you know, experience wins with them and you know and also the not so great times right so how exciting is that when someone sits down and they tell you what their dream is oh my god and I get so excited for them like someone I just talked to someone today who's starting a business and I'm like oh well let's do this and you gotta do this and I'm like getting all excited because I can see the potential in the future and the success right yeah enjoy Right. And I totally, I do. I totally nerd out on it and get all like (laughs) with them. I'm sure there are some that are like much, you know, more reserved and quiet than me that are like, (laughs) what have we gotten ourselves into here? (laughs) You know what? We don't have to worry about it. They're just not our clients. That's all. 
So I always laugh because I know if I refer people to Stephanie, if they like me, they're going to love Stephanie. So it's perfect (laughs) because they're going to get somebody who's like excited and shows their enthusiasm for whatever their idea is for their future, whether it's like, I want to retire, I want to do this. How do I get there? And I just, I love that. So you told us about your path to getting to where you are and what shaped your thoughts, like what or who shaped your thoughts about women in the workplace? You know, we have a lot of people come in and talk about family, help them shape their ideals. Mindy, the production manager for Smart Boss Media, says that her daughter did because her life changed when she had her daughter and she did everything for work until that time. And it really changed how she thought of women in the workplace. So do you, is there somebody or some incident that happened or a person that helped you change or shaped the way you thought of women in the workplace? Yeah. So I would say that's an easy answer and it's my mom. You know, when I was young, my parents split up when I was about seven. My mom is an extremely smart lady. However, she does not have a college degree. And of course, when any family goes through that transition during their upbringing, things change. They have to, right? So our mom stayed home with us until that time. And that time she was then position where she was heading back to work. And she sort of taught me not that there's anything wrong with anyone who finds a position and is there for 30 years or plus until they retire. She sort of taught me to never stop moving the bar up. Right. Nice. So she, you know, her initial job was an admin type role in a real estate office. And she really worked her network and who she knew. And she did a great job for them for a number of years and then had another opportunity. And then much to my, I don't know, it was okay. She ended up in my high school. She would not, for the life of her though, ever write me a hall pass when I was late. I'm like, come on, man. So the nerve she of then, her. How could she? So she then moved into sort of a different, more senior administrative role there. And then again, learned to work that network. And she never stopped striving for more and making, inflating her goals. And looking for opportunities. And I think that's so important. Not to say she didn't do a good job at where she was. She stayed at every job she was at for a number of years, but she eventually made the leap from my high school to her first private equity firm and a human resources role. She worked at two different ones. And then several years after that, she moved on to where she retired from as the global vice president of human resources for a private equity firm, like hugely successful. Yeah. And so I tell everyone, like my mom is a self-made woman, right? And having been divorced myself with one of my kids, a similar age to I was, I know how absolutely terrifying and daunting and intimidating it seems to have to, because I had stayed home with my kids for six months too. And I was six months into a new job when I was like, okay, I now have to provide a whole new level of support to these kids. Mm -hmm. So she for sure is a huge influencer in how I've chose to operate in my life and how I set my goals and how I strive to achieve them. Like she's an incredible human being. That's so cool. I love that because it shows that. And I think people don't realize like when you get divorced as a woman, it's a very different thing than probably as a man, because women think about how am I going to care for these kids and support them and care for them on a level that, especially if you have stayed home before, 
you want to care for them on that level. You don't want things to change. Don't want to take that away from them. Yeah. And I will say in her generation, getting divorced was still, I mean, it was fine. But it was in those days, it was like mom had the kids most of the time. Like everyone, everyone was like, yeah. like all my friends were like Wednesdays and every other weekend with dad. I was like, yep, me too. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and whereas now, I mean, it is that has evolved some too, right? Yeah. Like, and I think that's great. Dads mm-hmm. have more, you know, responsibility at home and, and you know, Definitely. kind of offset what mom does too. So. It's true. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that that has evolved because, you know, many years ago it was just moms had the kids and did everything. And now it's a lot more equal. Like dads will have the kids for a week and then moms have it, you know, yep. still we do 50, 50. My kids go a week and a week. So wow. yeah. And we never did that growing up. Not to say that we didn't have a wonderful and involved and loving dad, but it was just a different type of schedule that like no one ever entertained anything else at that time. I don't think. Well, the new thing that I've seen is they get like a family home and the mom and dad move in and out instead of the kids. Yes. Okay. So people do that. I think it's called bird nesting or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't um, <laughs> I'm like, how do you sustain that for so long? Like what happens when like (gasps) mom or dad is like getting remarried? Do they like bring the husband? Yeah, like how does that work? (laughs) How does that work? But can you imagine like going in and like sleeping in the bedroom where let's say your ex just was and he leaves it a mess or they have dirty socks or something? That seems like it would just cultivate more conflict. (laughs) (laughs) Like pick up your dirty socks before I get here. This is why I divorced you. (laughs) I divorced you, so I wouldn't have to clean up after you. After your dirty socks. <laughs> but for the kids, I'm sure that like is actually pretty cool. That sounds neat to me, but thank God. I'm way past that. I me don't too. <laughs> any of that. So the other thing, you know, I actually wanted to say, so you are in male-dominated career and industry. Even in my previous role in marketing, the industry we were in. Oh, because it was tech. Was- it was additive manufacturing. It was additive and traditional manufacturing, which is the additive part is the tech piece, but it's def- It's for sure a guy's club. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely. Has it changed since you've been there? Like even in the amount of time that you've been in, been in finance, do, have you seen any changes in it? Because I know I've been in finance for 10 years now. And even when I started to where it is now, it's hugely different because when I first started, it was a lot of male CPAs who owned firms. And now it's really started to shift where there's a lot more women owning CPA firms and they have a little bit more respect for people who are not, I mean, we don't prepare income tax returns. We do the business side and we do all the accounting and there's a lot more respect for it now because they realize that there's an industry of mostly women that are doing this, that can do it. So are you seeing any changes in your industry with how women are treated or thought of or? I would say across both industries, yes, right? That's an ever evolving subject, right? And even having been an observer growing up, I mean, the best days of our life where you get to go to work with dad today, because at one point his office, he had a few different sectors of his business. So he was at the top of the fed in downtown Boston. So that was like super fun. Right. And what I will say, I noticed about that back in the, you know, eighties and maybe the early nineties was a lot of male advisors and a lot of female support staff. And now I do think that. Yeah, I think that's changed a lot. First of all, I'm part of like a leaders group 
where it takes a group of leading advisors from our broker dealer and we all meet every month and discuss business and different things that are going on. And like, so my leader of that group is a female. And then we're broken out into small groups and my leader of that group is a female. And I would say, and I was in this group last year too. You have to get invited to the group every year. And last year, I would say our small group was male dominated. And this year, I think there's two guys and the rest of us women in the small group. So it just sort of shows you the shift over time that's happening. And also this might sound silly, but I see more and more guys in support staff roles as well, which is something you kind of wouldn't see, right? I mean, you just wouldn't. So I think it's a, yeah, I think that that should be really balanced. You know, people have skills in different areas, regardless of gender. And I think that women in particular have certainly earned their spot and their respect. And I will say in many cases, I have been fortunate enough to experience men who have risen to that occasion and not kind of fought against it. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while, there's always one, right. But like, (laughs) you're just like, (laughs) no, it's 2022. Right. But but in general, I've had a really positive experience in that way. And I feel as first of all, I could have an enormous chip on my shoulder being a second generation wealth strategist, the boss's daughter, mm-hmm. and having a great in to this industry, right? And I could be really on guard for people essentially treating me that way. Oh, right. the boss's daughter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did daddy help you do that? You know, like <laughs> stuff like that. And obviously I have a small one or I wouldn't be that loud. No yeah, one but- treats me that way. Everyone is like, so everyone in the industry and within our company that he's been with for years is like, I mean, I've received a couple of letters from like industry leaders that are like, we're so glad you're on board. Mm -hmm. You know, you have some big shoes to fill, but, and these are high powered guys in the industry. And it's really quite an honor for them to even recognize that I exist much less. Give me a pat on the back and say, you got this. We're really glad you're here. So and I'm to thinking me, 10 years ago, that's that huge progress. Yeah, yeah that wouldn't have happened. They wouldn't yeah. have reached out to you. So the great thing that you're mentioning too, is that there's more mentors, whether it's men or women, that yes. women are able to have mentors that are women or men and, and reaching. And those people that are ahead of us are reaching back and helping us move forward. Yes. Oh, I love that. That I agree. Yep. Well, and see, that that's leads exactly me into... Right. International Women's Day was this week. So it's funny that you bring this up because I was actually so excited to be on this for like International Women's Day (laughs) week. I was like, yes. (laughs) Because we're celebrating. Well, so there was, it was funny because I was, you know, I do a little bit of research and come up with subjects and Forbes had an article that said, actually, International Women's Day is obsolete. That was the title of it. And I'm like, okay, so like, you want to make me read an article? Good job. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Forbes, I'm in. Let's do this. (laughs) One of the quotes from it, which I thought was interesting, it says, companies and brands that really support the cause deal with issues every day. They demonstrate their commitment through actions, not by changing the color of their logos or by adding a purple heart. And so I was talking with Stephanie about this before, and I said, I get it, you know, because we are dealing, Stephanie is too, we are, you know, when you're in a position of leadership in a company, you are trying to help women come up and come forward and be able to fulfill whatever their dreams are for their jobs and what they want to do in career-wise. But when I said, when I told Stephanie, 
Go ahead. Say what your knee-jerk reaction was. That's crap. Like, what are we going to cancel Mother's Day too? I don't think so. Like, (laughs) no, I think International Women's Day is necessary. I think it represents the evolution of women through history, like through women's rights and all of it. And that's not something that we're like, we're done with that now. We're good. We did it. Yeah, Yeah. that's not it. It's evolving always. And said, I dare I bring this up, but when in a political, I don't do politics very often, but in a political climate where everyone's talking about systematic racism, like compare the two, would we all be like, oh, we got that. Well, we fixed that now. So we don't need to acknowledge it anymore. I mean, it's all about, you know, awareness and lifting women up. And the, I lost my train of thought, but basically, you know, it's continuing on and yes. there are reasons to celebrate women forever. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> yes, thank you. And I agree with you on this, you know, cause I thought about it at first and someone else, actually, I was talking with Mindy Richardson from smart boss media. And she said the same thing. She said, some people are a little bit like, Hey, we don't need this. Like it's insulting to just, you know, have women out there as, and at first I was thinking like, yeah, I don't know, like her and I were going back and forth, but I agree with you. I think that we need to continually put this in front yeah. of people that women still need support because that's kind of a very narrow view because it's International Women's Day. There are people in other countries, women in other countries who do not have even close to the rights that we have. There's women here in the United States that are not experiencing the same freedoms that you and I are experiencing. hundred percent. It's not, yeah, it's international women's yeah. day. It's not just. Yeah. US everybody. Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, and then on top of that, there's always, I mean, me too happened like three seconds ago. There's always going to be a new conversation to be had that, you know, and hopefully they're not all negative like yeah. me too, but you know, the, that's the idea. And I think that, and again, you make a really good point about sort of, this is not just about us here in the States and our companies and and whatever. And it's not even just about business, right? Mm -hmm. It's about, it's all encompassing. It's about women of the world and what they're experiencing and what we can do to lift each other up, not just have, you know, the male CEO of our company, like you said, put a purple heart (laughs) next to their name. (laughs) Like if, you know what, that's really nice if they're doing the work in the background to back that up. So I get the point Forbes is trying to make, I guess, but very for me, way. yeah. If it's an empty gesture like that, yeah. yeah, then sure. Why are right. you doing that? But it seems that more and more people are acknowledging it and putting in the work in the background to continue to elevate and propel women forward. And there has to be changes. You know, they talk about, you know, people supporting through doing companies, doing things for women. And I really think that the way that business was structured actually pre-pandemic was not supportive of women because women, I mean, we had, you know, a mass exodus of women leaving the workforce. And now they say that that has changed. Like they had a statistic. It was like 99 years until women can be, are going to achieve equality with men in the workplace. Now they've upped it to 135 years because so many women left. I think we need to change the workplace. I think we need to, like your work fits your life. My work fits my life. Yes. And I try to accommodate my company for every woman on my team. There I have single mothers on my team. I have women who travel on my team. I have all these different situations that these women are brilliant and if you can provide an environment for them where they can thrive, then you're going to get more women in the workplace. And then yeah, those I 100% agree with that. I think that there also is, you know, no one size 
fits mm-hmm. all for how you run your business and accommodate women. And I also think that just to give highlight, you know, I think part of International Women's Day and celebrating women is that we've also educated men on how to do that. There's been a shift there too, yes. right? Yes. It's not just... And how would they know? To be honest, like International Women's Day, it's in the forefront is us having that conversation. How do men know how to treat us or how what we think unless we have well, yeah. And how does anyone know how to treat you without you, you know, allowing it or disallowing a certain type of treatment, right? It's our boundaries and our sort of how we project ourselves that it also reflects how we're treated. And certainly yeah. that's not always the case. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make a blanket <laughs> statement, but you know, no. again, no. it's how do you let anyone know how you want to be treated? It's also what you project and put into the world as well. That's true. Stephanie, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you I for having have... me. This was fun. <laughs> See, and it flew by. It was like... I know. I'm like, talk about a quick minutes. lunchtime conversation. Oh my goodness. This is... I know. So talk full. I have one question though. What are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? Well, <laughs> you know, book club yesterday. <laughs> I've started a little bit late, but this week I will be beginning <laughs> the power of regret. <laughs> Stephanie also happens to be in our Smart Boss Business Book Bites, and we are reading The Power of Regret. So we're looking a little late to the party this week on the book, but (laughs) she's getting there. But this is why we have the book club the way we have it set up. So if you can't get to that, you get a summary of it from attending because... I love our book club. I have to say, I'm so glad that you showed up in my front yard that day to talk about (laughs) educating our children this summer. (laughs) Me too. I also want to thank Smart Boss Media for sponsoring our Life Unedited Working Women. And be sure to check out their webpage at smartboss.media and leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram. And thank you for everybody who's listening and responding to the episodes. We love having you in our community. And if you haven't already, register for the live webinar and spend your lunch break with us every Thursday. And join us next week on Life Unedited Working Women with our guest, Tara Gilvar from Believe, Inspire, Grow, which is a community of smart, inspiring women entrepreneurs who support each other and provide tools for success. Thank you, Stephanie, for being here. Thanks again for having me. This was fun. All right. Thanks for listening to Life Unedited, Working Women, a production of Smart Boss Media. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd like even more to help your business grow. If you have any questions or want to contact any of the folks on this podcast, you can just email us at info at smartboss.media. Also at smartboss.media, you'll find any resources and links that go along with this podcast. And you can find links to other podcasts and resources for entrepreneurs and learn how Smart Boss Media can help you get your business podcast launched and listened to, like this one is. It's your one stop for information to help you listen, create, and thrive as an entrepreneur. Visit smartboss.media.